Hi, it's Chef Barry Daycake from Barry's Downtown Prime. Hi, this is Carlos Cruz Santos, Executive Chef, Gina Poblano by Jose Andreas. Hi, this is Sheridan, chef owner of Everygrain and Vachoy. You are listening to Two Sharp Chefs. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs in a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? Doing great today. How are you, Lorraine? Um, I'm okay. So I had a little bit of like a cyst on my eyelid. So if my eyes are blinking weird and stuff, I'm not totally crazy. I'm a little bit crazy, but like, it's that, uh, I have a little bit of a black eye that I woke up to this morning. So I'm kind of blinking a little funny. Um, it is what it is, but we're talking about superfoods because we have a superhero chef coming up. Um, we're so just stoked because we have Elizabeth Faulkner, uh, badass hero woman chef. Um, and because we have a superhero chef, we're talking about super foods for pandemic provisions. And not the old ones that kind of like everybody talks about and knows about, like the quinoa, like what? The quinoa and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about turmeric and it's perfect for how I feel today, which is I need a little help with like pain and swelling and turmeric is absolutely awesome for that. Um, obviously it's found a lot in Indian foods. The best thing about it is that curcumin, which, you know, is an anti-inflammatory and it's great for that just everyday pain and swelling. It's great for headaches, that kind of thing. What's your superfood, Louie? My superfood. Well, I love garlic, but we're going to take it to another level here. Okay. It's actually black garlic. So, um, so black garlic is, um, it's actually an Asian thing. It's a fermented garlic Mm -hmm. that's black, not because of caramelization, but the Maillard reaction. Mm, so, so by fermenting the garlic, you actually double the antioxidants in, in it. So double. it's like double healthy. And then you take away that bad breath, um, kind of like really <laughs> strong flavor. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like really mellow. So you can use it for like all sorts of cuisines. Yeah. You can use it in compound butters. You can use it in ramen. It's fantastic in ramen. So um, delicious in ramen. Extra umami. Exactly. So yeah, that gives that that umami taste too. So I can't think of any other better superfood that you can actually like readily use and like implement in your kitchen than black garlic. Go turmeric and black garlic. Go all the way. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of layered, delicious flavor. And speaking about flavor, you like my segue there? Um, We're going to the delicious. Elizabeth Faulkner coming up right now. We have the badass Elizabeth Faulkner with us. She tells it how it is all the time. She's not afraid to do the right thing. And so she's just perfect for this podcast because this is this is the kind of woman we strive to be every day, oh. Lou. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so yeah. funny that you um, you say that about being badass. Yesterday I did a pretty badass thing. I um, Have you guys seen uh, Antonio LaFaso and Brooke and Naisha all do the yes, ice? Yes, yes, I actually saw thing. you doing that, like dipping yourself in the ice. Yeah, wow, that was, that was, I was actually really nervous and I don't know why, but uh, you know, anytime you do something crazy like that, you're always super nervous, but it was, it actually felt so good. It was like a 
hitting the reset button. I really think that chefs like need to think more like athletes because that's something I always talk about with, with um, people in our industry is our job is, you know, intense. You're on your feet for days and days and days for hours and hours and hours for years. And you have to, and we don't have the best, nobody really teaches us that, you know, like yeah. we, we, people have bad, you know, get into bad habits and, um, drink a lot and smoke oh, yeah. sometimes and, you know, everything else. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of, um, addiction issues be- after they become chefs. And so I'd like to really kind of preach that message that you've got to find some kind of tuning in balance. And that I think that there's a lot more, uh, this next, next generation of cooks thinks a little bit more like that. I don't, I think we got to get rid of the whole, you know, rock star. Um, Macho chef image. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. You know, really part of that Bourdain picture, you know, as picturesque as that was um, back then. Out, yeah. It's not the, it's not, there's no sustainability in that for, for people. Yeah. Clearly. I yeah. totally agree. I totally agree. Um, we're going to start on like a little bit more serious of a path because we know how serious you are about saving the restaurant industry and what you've done with your production company and what you're doing, looking at it. Um, I just want to give a quick stat. According to the Independent Restaurant Coalition, nearly one in four job losses since February come from the restaurant and bar industry. Um, You're working currently on a related sort of documentary about the restaurant industry right now. What's your take on all this? Well, it's, it, I mean, the documentary has been great because I got to go interview a lot of chefs in LA, um, a lot of chefs in San Francisco and then New York and New Jersey. And then a lot of virtual ones. This is just a period of time where we have to really rethink all kinds of wrong in the world. And one of those things is the, our very fragile restaurant system. It was already pretty broken. And then this just sort of exposed all of that. Cause people are like, Oh yeah, well you can open with 50% full or 25% full. And it's like, well, no. there's no restaurant in the world that could survive like that. You know, right? we barely survive at a hundred. So yeah. people yeah. don't realize that they think it's like a money making business all the time. Yeah. And, and you like, also like, it, I appreciate that people are, you know, tipping restaurants well, but that's not a, that's just a crazy temporary bandaid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here we've been fighting all these years to kind of get rid of tipping because it's very old world and I mean, it's old America and it's flamboyant and kind of, it's not a solution, you know, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't, and it, the restaurateur should not have to take on so all the, all the responsibility that it does for taking care of, for employing so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, clearly you're very open-minded about talking about whatever the hell you want to talk about. Um, you're not afraid to step into politics, which, um, some other chefs are like that, like our friend Susan Feniger or Mary Sue Milligan. Um, but not everybody is. A lot of people kind of shy away from it. Um, you've been very outspoken when it comes to LGBTQ, to BLM, as you just said, to the Me Too movement, to right now, and you just say whatever you want. So um, we want a little advice from you because we're trying to be our authentic selves as much as we can. We're also, you know, a little afraid sometimes to say certain things that we feel. Sure. Um, how, where do you find like your inner badassness? You know, like where do you get, where does that chutzpah come from? Well, I mean, I'm also afraid sometimes of speaking out too much. And I, you know, once in a while I'll post, you know, I'm very much for Biden-Harris. I'm not a socialist and I hate being sort of mislabeled. And I think it comes from, uh, 
uh, years of sort of, I was just having on a panel last night for Hawaii Food and Wine Festival because um, we, uh, they had a um, screening of a fine line, you know, Joanna yes. James film yes. and um, which talked about, you know, the disparities with women yes. in this industry. And, um, and I'm just, I'm just really tired of being sort of stereotyped and I'm tired of being told what I'm supposed to be doing as a female chef or um, I'm just, you know, I, I like, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to talk. I just can't handle this fake news coming from the fake news mouth of Donald <laughs> Trump. So I just can't, I'm not going to sit here and just take it. I can't, and I can't, it just, it's making me crazy. So I'm, I, you know, I've got to get out and, and bake the vote feed the vote. You know, I'm trying to like, I'm always involved in politics and I always have been. And maybe it's because also in San Francisco, um, you know, when Gavin Newsom was the mayor and he allowed uh, gay people to get married um, for a moment in time. And that was so cool because it was like, what's the big deal? People also like, I'm not sure if everybody should get married and period, like gay or straight, like, right. That's more like, it's like so beautiful because you know, here people were together for like, I made, um, Dell and Phyllis's cake. They were, um, they started this women's clinic in San Francisco called Lion Martin years ago. And they were like 90 years old and they were, had been together for 60 years or something. And they finally could get married legally. So I made their wedding cake and it was so sweet, you know, because here there's people that were just, they were partners forever. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so the, and I used to do a lot of fundraising for AIDS. I still do a lot of fundraising for AIDS for Red. Um, there's just, I don't know, this money goes in the wrong places. So you have to fight for the right things, you know? I love that. Louis, we're learning. Right. As right. we do this podcast. Um, so we talked a little bit earlier about fitness and being like a fit chef. So I spied you because I, I deep dove into your Instagram account <laughs> and I spied you doing cast iron curls. No joke. She was like, she had oh. cast iron pans and she was curling them. And I was awesome. like, holy crap. Of course, saw you biking running. Um, I, I saw you cause Mary Sue Milligan's one of my uh, chef mentors. And I saw you with Mary Sue Milligan, like with sticks, like stick fighting and stuff. Um, we would love, you know, fork over some of those like six pack tips. Cause as you know, you know, chefs, we can get a little, you know, fluffy oh, at times. Me, it's like a battle. Yeah. <laughs> we're always Chunky eating, we're eating our friend's food. We're always like testing stuff. We're like, have to test the whole line, you know, every day, two, three times a day. How do you do it? Cause you're so fit. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I guess what it, what, I, why I've come back and said, you know, chefs need to be told and allowed to be think athletically. And I think if I, like I played soccer from when I was nine years old until I was 40 years old. And I played soccer during my whole restaurant career. I mean, when I, my first fine dining job was at Julian Serrano's Mosses in San Francisco. And I knew that he, I had read something one time that he wanted to be a professional um, football player, soccer player. Yeah. And um, so when I went in to interview for the job, I, he's, he asked me if I ever got sick and I said, no, chef, I play soccer. And he's like, Oh my God, what position? <laughs> and I, so then I knew I got the job. And, um, and then I said, I really want to play my games on the weekends. And, uh, and he's like, I said, I'll, you know, I'll do all my mise en place before play the game and come back. If the game's too late in the day, I won't go play that one. But you know, I figured I could play most of them. So, and that worked out really well. And he would always give me foie gras before the games, which, you know, 
it was very cute though but then um and then even when i opened up citizen cake and ran my restaurants i was still playing soccer um and lots of tournaments and stuff played in the gay games and other countries and uh and then when i finally i was like okay i'm getting a little too old for the game because i just wasn't you know, I used to be so fast and then I wasn't fast enough anymore. So that's when I took up the, um, Jung Shin, which is a sword fighting fitness. And I like it so much. Um, it's not like fencing. It's more like a martial art based mm-hmm. in martial art, but it's fitness. And then I got certified in that. So I've been teaching classes here. Um, Ooh. and I actually was just talking to my old trainer, uh, and she was like, you should just teach classes to chefs. I'm like, I'm going to do that actually. So yeah. I think I might be able to help you, uh, do some of that. And then, um, I've also just, I got way more into yoga once I turned 40. And, um, and I think that yoga and Pilates is really, Pilates is really good. If you want to lose the, the belly stuff, you just do mm-hmm. Pilates regularly. And it like, it's so hard to do those little V yes. sit up things. I have a hard time concentrating on Pilates for some reason, like yoga. I'm so in, but Pilates for some reason, I'm just like, Oh, my abs. And it's just like these, all these tiny movements. And I'm so impatient which obviously I need to meditate because I'm impatient as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got that chef like, get it done. So I'm just like yeah. these tiny little movements. I'm like, am I doing, what am I doing? It's taking so long. Yeah, but you'll I'm feel the payback. Yeah, yeah, you'll feel the payback like uh, the day and after. If you do it really regularly, like if you really get, and you don't have to do like Pilates every day. Like I really do, I do have my cast iron pans that I was using for um, dumbbells. <laughs> Uh, cause I, and took, cause you know, like when COVID hit, you could, there was no equipment and it took me like, yeah, but those are still pretty handy. Cause they're about like eight pounds, I think. And then yeah. I finally got some dumbbells that are 12 pounds. And so now I kind of have to mix it up a little bit, but, um, sometimes I just do a string. Tr- I love this app called Aptive, app- um, A-A-P-T-I-V and it's all like, okay. um, audio, uh, workouts. We see all the kitchen equipment behind you. Um, and we know that you've recently joined a hundred pleats, which is basically like a way to kind of get some cooking classes, live cooking classes from like mm-hmm. chefs, like professional chefs. Louis. What I love about it is that we can be in different parts of the world and, yeah. um, people can start work, you know, working on a recipe and they can be like, Oh, my sauce seems a little thick. And I'll look at it and go, Oh, just add, you know, a little more cream or pomegranate juice or whatever. And, um, so I feel like you can still have this like one-on-one kind of dialogue about what you're cooking. And last weekend I did one with a one of 100 plates um, with kids. So what's cool about 100 plates is that, um, you know, the, it stands for the 100 plates in an old fashioned, yeah. which is, which also, um, uh, how many ways about, you can cook eggs. Right? Yeah. It's about like, <laughs> how many ways you can cook an egg, which is kind of clever. Um, but, uh, my friend Franklin Becker, who's a chef in New York started it, um, with some tech guys and they just, uh, have, there's a bunch of different chefs on it. So people can just, um, you can order like a 10 minute, you know, look in my refrigerator and tell me what I should cook kind of like, cause you know how many people have always said like, I wish you could just look in my fridge and tell me what to cook. Well, yeah. now you can do that. So, and it's only like 10 bucks. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we just have like a quick conversation about, do you, you know, see fridge. like atrocious fridges? <laughs> I don't the 10 minute ones, but I would love to, cause I always have ideas. <laughs> like, oh my God. Mm. That should um, become a challenge too. Right. <laughs> yeah. look Let me look fridge. in your fridge. Right? Go edit my fridge. <laughs> right. But then you can also get like a 30 minute, um, class with somebody. So that could, that's a nice sort of one-on-one yeah. thing. Or you can do groups of like four, like the kids were like, 
taught a kid's class last week and it sounds so basic on chocolate chip cookies, but the kids were all different ages. So they were from like six to 18 and there was a whole bunch of them and they were all around this. One of the group was all around a big table and another screen had like two little kids and their aunt. And then there was somebody else. And then they, um, so we just walked through the whole recipe. You know, it's so funny because everybody's like, wait, when do we add the baking soda? And I'm like, we're already done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, then, um, but you know, I'm so geeked out on the, the importance of each ingredient. So, you know, a, a class on something like chocolate chip cookies may sound like a no brainer, but to get into the details and talk about the different kinds of sugar um, that you could use and um, the reason why, uh, or, or just different butter, you know, different sizes of eggs. And so these kids are just, I thought that was great. Cause then the, you know, kids, and I've taught kids, you know, cookie classes before, um, but they get, so they really pick it up. And then I've heard like little kids repeating, Hey, what five eggs are those? Because I got to make sure that, you know, that's the kind I want to use. <laughs> that's a, and, um, awesome. Yeah. And then like the kind of chocolate. And then I was like, you guys, I'm going to just make, make a separate thing here. That's inspired by chocolate chip cookies, but it's just like a date. I call them chef bites. Um, like a date, cashew, sunflower seed, cocoa nib, vanilla mixture. So it tastes kind of like chocolate chip cookies, but actually it's just a little energy nugget. I need to ask you because you're like a professional food competitor, right? <laughs> I mean, you've been on everything. You've been Iron Chef America, Top Chef, Chef All-Stars, either as a judge or a contestant. Please tell us what was the craziest moment you had in one of these? Because you see a lot of the crazy moments on TV, but mm-hmm. what was one of those moments where you were just like, oh my God, am I even going to make it through this? All of them. <laughs> um, probably one of the one of the most challenging battles I've been in was uh, on Next Iron Chef, and we had um, it was at, we had to go to a comedy club, and they picked random ingredients, supposedly, but I'm sure they the producers already figured it out. But we had to cook octopus, tortillas, and marshmallow and kumquats. Cooking octopus in the short amount of cooking time is yeah. uh, is the most challenging piece of it, right? Yeah, it's like um, as fuck. <laughs> and I just like had timed it so well in the pressure cooker. I opted not to use the little ones because they can really be like rubber bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got a you know medium sized octopus tentacle and chucked it into a pressure cooker, and it came out so perfect. And then I threw it on the grill afterwards, and. So, it, that was the craziest one because then I also just came up with some kind of crazy charred marshmallow kumquat vinaigrette. And <laughs> it actually was so tasty. It sounds and, um, delicious. <laughs> it all worked together so well, but that was, that one still sticks out as like one of the, one of the hardest ones, but they're, they're all super hard. And, um, it's hard with your, when you're around other competitors too. I remember sometimes like people talk so much, like on the other guys are talking, I remember Michael Chiarello used to like talk, make up so many crazy stories and you're just like, what are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then like Alex is so overdramatic when she's cooking. It's so funny. She's hilarious and also super talented, obviously. Um, but those I'm are just, the, I'm just, they're just so much fun. And they're like just these moments in time that are um, kind of wacky, but just a fun way to, 
do food, you know? It's just, yeah. you never know what you're, sometimes I come up with some pretty cool stuff that I, I'm not expecting. Like, I remember I was on one called Kitchen Inferno and um, they gave us donuts and coffee, but we had to make like a, our best meal or whatever from it. And so I, I was like, I'm not an idiot. I'm going to take those fillets and do that rub coffee stuff and spices on it. Right. And then for the best thing I made though, was this coffee, like there was some brute, like chilled, um, you know, what's it called? Just like, like Stumptown, like chilled coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cold brew. Cold brew, thanks. Um, and I, I made this coffee brown butter bearnaise to go with the steak. And I was like, why is this a thing? This is so good. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my God, coffee hollandaise yeah. would be so good on an Eggs Benedict. You know, like it was just like, that's a great idea. Yeah. Right. I know, right? It's like you're so, you need to get it done so bad that you just get in a flow and you don't, because you don't have a choice. You're forced to. Yeah. I love that. Show and tell coming up right now with Elizabeth Faulkner. And this is even more exciting, of course, on our YouTube channel because you can actually see what Elizabeth is showing us. So what do you got for us? Okay. No. So I got this in um, Umbria, Italy. Ah. And um, I was with Nancy Silverton, uh, who's like one of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, yeah, Moza. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what? I, I just recently moved back to LA. I grew up here, but I lived in San Francisco, lived in New York, and now I moved back here. And I conveniently live like 10 minutes from Moza. Oh God, I used to live like almost <laughs> across the street from there. And oh my God, I loved my life, but yes. Right? We were just in some little town and you know, went into some little shop and she's like, oh, Elizabeth, you should get one of these um, because you put it on the burner and then you put your bruschetta, your bread on there so you can make charred bread without burning certain, you know, like distributes the heat just enough so you yeah. can get like a nice charred piece of bread. Um, What's it called? Do you know? Even know. <laughs> it's a thing, a handle. <laughs> right? Do, and those little heat. wires, those little wires, does it like lift your bruschetta? Kind of like a grill almost, but like a more like yeah. direct. Well, it, when you look press. at it, it's almost like those little racks that we just sometimes throw on burners in right. the yeah. chef world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then it's got this extra sort of wrapped piece of metal around it. So it's just an, yeah, pretty great. Um, and what it really does do you work. use it for? Just bruschetta or do you use it for other stuff? <laughs> have you tried? Use it for that. Just have you tried searing with it? <laughs> I tried to put, um, I did do a, like a little pizza on it one time, just some raw dough. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that worked out so well. I think it's really <laughs> for, for bread to just make that, just specifically for that. But I really, it's pretty convenient if you just want to make some nice, you know, not toast and not broiled where it gets, can kind of get overcooked. Yeah. Right. Um, still leave it some softness. And I've been making so much sourdough bread. Um, yeah, you and everyone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> something right <laughs> this is a great thing though like i know it's so like funny that people have been doing but i actually yeah. think it i'm very excited about it because it means that people are eating carbs again yes <laughs> carbs are yeah. back in fashion <laughs> and especially when they're when it when you make your own bread and you know you guys know this but like when people say that carbs are such an enemy and i'm like yeah but you're talking about like processed food. yeah like that is mm-hmm. you're right that's not good so if you can make your own you know, bread from when you know where the wheat comes from, it's good yeah. for you. All right, Louie, get your timer ready. Elizabeth Wagner, this is 60 seconds. Rapid fire questions. Kind of like when you're on the fly, on the line. Louie, you got your timer ready. 
And start. Go. Favorite fitness equipment? Cast iron cooking loaf pans. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, Feeding more people. Spirit animal. Uh, Dachshunds. (laughs) Most inspirational chef. Nancy Silverton. Recent food obsession. Uh, actually, I'm get, uh, mung beans. Mm, good one. Yeah. 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 Best self care move. Uh, you know, working out, doing, finding some fitness, balancing it out. Um, best cooking advice. My first, actually, the first chef I worked for at this little bistro. Somebody came back with some gnarly thing that they found in a salad and she turns around, she goes, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I, I was like, that. oh my God. I was never going to let that happen to me, but I'm like, like yeah, mortified. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, favorite dessert? Chocolate chip cookies. Top of your bucket list. Not that we're letting you go anywhere, but top of your bucket list. Uh, it's actually to go to Sicily. Oh. I've never been to, I've been to a lot of places in Italy, but I've never been to Sicily, and I I know I'll just go crazy about the food there. So, last thing, Miss Elizabeth Faulkner, just like you sell it on the line, sell it for whatever you would like. This is your time. I really want people to just get out and vote. So, we've been doing uh, a campaign called Bake the Vote, and another one called Feed the Vote. And it's really just a bunch of different chefs or bakers. Um, I got together with Paola from Bakers Against Racism and said, we've got to do something for this election. Um, I don't want this to go the wrong way. I want people to really think about like the nonsense that comes out of the president's mouth and how it's turned to make it sound like it's all the Democrats fault. It's not. So I think, you know, I love it that people are doing a bake sale to get more people to go out and vote. It's just so important that people, it, it, we have so much white noise of, of misinformation all the time, but the most important thing about the democracy here is for people to use their voice to vote. And you may think it's insignificant or you don't care and you don't like anybody who's running, but that's not the point of it. Um, it's all up to everybody in this country to steer the country and find the right political leaders, period. Elizabeth, thank you so much for gracing us with your amazing presence and energy. We are so happy to have you. Oh my God, I'm so happy to see you guys finally. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I feel like I'm just connected to so many people from Instagram, but I'm like, but then, you know, like I want to see people again. I want to go do these, the food festivals and. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I saw that note about Alex's lemonade the other day, I almost started crying. I got really emotional. Like, oh my God, I'm not going to Alex's lemonade this year. I know. Like there's just all these things that we can't do. And well, when we get to do it again, it's going to be like such, it's just going to be so nice to say hello in person and make some yeah. food and share some drinks and yes. hoping that feeling in energy stays too. Cause it's like, yeah. we're so grateful now for these moments. And it's like, hopefully this was just like a universal reset, you know, where we're just like, okay, let me be thankful for my friends and my family right. and, and cooking and being on the line. And I don't know. Just yeah. 
that definitely yeah, gives us uh, another level, room. another yeah. level of appreciation when you know you've lost something that you once have taken for granted. Basically. Yeah. Totally. So, thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.